Welcome back to a special edition of Ed's Not Dead. This is Teacher Tips. We're back with Teacher Tips. Mr. Crable, I'm looking at you. You're supposed to say something. We're back with Teacher Tips. We're back. All right. This is a special segment of Ed's Not Dead where we go beyond just issues of policy and talk on educational issues of the day, and we actually get back to the classroom and talk about pedagogy because we're all pedagogues. (laughs) Pedagogues. (laughs) Uh, So this episode's topic is mindfulness mindfulness so we have to talk real low and peacefully yes i know i know that um the npr skit on saturday night live was was one of your favorites ever right (laughs) so good so we have to talk like them um and one of the reasons we brought it up was remember we we interviewed elena aguilar last year about her onward book i bought it and i had a book club on it with some of my colleagues and the, the theme for October is, she calls it Be Here Now, and she talks about it in terms of uh, the quote that she uses, learning how to be in the present moment without judging. It can help us to experience acceptance. It helps us to have clear-headedness so that we can make choices in our responses. And I think um, if you can develop habits of mindfulness for yourself, not only are you taking care of yourself, which is really first and foremost, mentally and physically, you're also therefore taking care of the the kids who are in your care. And uh, that's where we started with this discussion about teacher tips. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about different ways you might think about implementing in a school or your classroom. Yeah. So, so what is, what is in the modern day classroom? And it could be at any level, elementary, middle and high school, they're all fairly different organizational environments. How does, how, how, how does mindfulness happen in the classroom and what do teachers do to make it happen? Cause it has to be a conscious effort. Yeah. And it has to be deliberate and you have to, it has to be planned and not just something that you just randomly do or talk about. And, um, I think it can be, I've seen, I've seen teachers do straight up meditation, right? Which some teachers are comfortable with doing and some kids are comfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you do something as, it sounds silly, but in terms of mindfulness, but allow kids to reflect and allow them to have a structured time to reflect on their learning and what they're doing in the class and how they're doing. I think that says a lot to really ignite some of those metacognitive processes. Yeah, yeah. It's right. it's a it is a it is a way to measure kids' learning to some extent, yeah. I think. where they think about their learning. Yeah, in a yeah. De- in a in a in a deep personal way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I think one thing that I just want to throw out there because. I feel it somewhat where, um, you know, it feels a little new agey. Yeah. Um, some Enya in the background. Yeah, right. Burning, burning some incense. <laughs> um, you know, and I could see, I could see many people scoffing at yeah. it, but, um, I do think it's a waste of time, Mr. Krabber. Right. Because every, 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 time, every second time on right. task. Of, is, of course, yeah, of course. It's important. Um, but you do walk into some classrooms and they there's an aura or presence in the classroom of of calm focus energy mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that the teacher is is incredibly important in establishing that and I think there's two kinds of mindfulness there's one that teachers can do in and of themselves um, for example taking something like meditation where um, it's really focused on being present in the moment and all those things may be stressful and there may be a lot going on and you have 30 35 kids coming into a classroom 
coming from all different points. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that you approach that um, from a, like a common centered place. And one of the, you know, I've done some meditation, I guess. And for me, what what has sort of stuck with me um, is when you sit and you're quiet and you're reflective and you take all those thoughts that are kind of coming to you and coming yeah. to you and they're invading your, your, your personal headspace is you don't have to say, well, I can't have those thoughts. I can't not think anything. Nobody can make their mind totally blank. Right. But when they come, you see them, you acknowledge them, and then you let them roll off you almost like water rolling over a rock and a river. Right. And for me, that's always been helpful that, oh, yep, there's a thought. I'm thinking about it. And it's like, okay, yeah, I do have to do that today. Yeah. That's going to get done. But then I say, okay, bring it back. Bring it back to centered. Um, what about the external forces that hit you from outside mm. as opposed to those that you self-generate? In terms of, give me an example. I just, you know, I, I, teaching is teaching is work. Yes. Um, it's, you know, let's call it like it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's someone's livelihood. It's a job. It's work. People approach it like work. Um, so in, in the environment plays such a key role. Our internal processes do too, but they're, they're connected to what we experience externally. Yes. So, um, how, how does mindfulness factor into kind of that external environment? So as, I would say it's not in the moment. So it's not like, Oh, things are going on and you detach and shut down right. and say, well, right. I'm not going right. to deal with any of this. Right. Right. It's more about uh, preemptive and proactive, mm-hmm. um, getting yourself to a good place so that when things do get to there, your, you, your starting point is a sort of calmer, uh, point so that, you're not already starting going into a classroom harried and frenzied, right. and then things start to go, you know, sideways for whatever reason. And you're, you know, I think you're able to have a better, calmer, more measured response mm-hmm. that um, produces, you know, actual results instead of just like freaking out. And if you're in frenzy, the kids are going to be frenzied. Right. And what we used to do mindfulness Mondays. Project success. Project success. Just saying, every Monday, and we would we would do a, a form of meditation that I wasn't as familiar with, but I became familiar with. And what I found, it took a while. Like oftentimes, you think people have to close their eyes and do certain things, and kids don't want to do that. Some kids just don't, and they're not comfortable with it for whatever reason. And I've quickly learned that you just allow them to make it for what they want to make it. Mm-hmm. So if they don't want, if they want to spend that five minutes staring at the ceiling go for it if you want to put your head down fine uh, but it allowed them to at least feel comfortable in the space to to appreciate the time and and so that w- that kind of brings you to the second part so i you know the first part is you as an educator sort of personally getting yourself to a, to a comment or a centered place the second one is actually doing it in the classroom and and we got a, a couple articles here from edutopia um, about doing mindfulness activities with students in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I have never done one. I've never actually seen anybody mm-hmm. do one. Um, you do read about it quite a bit, yeah. especially um, when students get in some sort of trouble mm-hmm. and you know there's like a looming suspension or something mm-hmm. like that, is that I've heard um, and read some about schools that have students do some form of meditation or mindfulness um, so that they're at least able to get to a point where they can talk about what happened, where they can reflect on those that were affected um, by their actions, so on and so forth. You know, and I've I've seen a great example of that. Yes. Combining mindfulness, 
strategies or activities or, or approaches with um, restorative or community circles. Yeah. So it's a great way if you're doing a circle and it doesn't have to necessarily be on some harm or injury that's occurred to the community. Right. It could be on any topic, but to kind of set the tone of the circle uh, and, and get people in that headspace, mindfulness is a great way to approach it. I've actually seen, I've actually been a part of a teacher teaching how to do that. Um, and I was going to say about, you know, lots of adults don't like to close their eyes and, and participate in those things either. I always feel a little awkward. I feel like a little awkward when I first do it, but then I, but then I'm, I'm always totally into it. Right. And so I, I in, would, you, I, sorry, I would like to say, sorry, uh, I would like to say that um, there are things that teachers are probably already doing that might already meet the parameters for promoting a mindfulness, promoting mindfulness in your classroom. And I think if you react to a, a challenging moment in your class or a frenzied class, by bringing on mindfulness all of a sudden, I don't know that it'll be as effective, just like routines and rules, right? Uh, reactive, right. right? But if you bring it on when it's just a normal day and be like, hey, you know, I want to try this. I think it'd be good for our class to experiment with this. I think it's, it, the messaging is different. And the one example I found on the Edutopia was that they tried this strategy. One day, students in my international baccalaureate class arrived with a heavy sense of deep fatigue which we talked about this, radiating from them. After checking in, I led a mindful moment in which we focused on gratitude, and we shared one compliment about the person beside us. The student's attitude became noticeably more positive. And, and one thing I, I wonder is, um, as an administrator, if I went into a classroom and the first, let's just say, five minutes were dedicated to that, you know, would I be open and receptive to it? Or, to your point, you know, with with so much to do and so much to cover, um, would I be able to accept that? Um, it, I don't even know if the expense of something else, maybe it prom- promotes a classroom where the five minutes that you de- devote at the beginning makes 45 other minutes that much more productive. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. So, well, as, as my, as my good friend, Dr. Albert M. Bandura always used to say, the, 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 the Bandurian cla- triangle, the classroom environment, Un, is not a monolith. We we shape the environment. Teachers do yeah. every, every day, and that's what you're you're yeah. getting at. I was just thinking though, as you were talking about mindfulness and buying in, I was thinking: is it is it really in the public schools a form of secular prayer? <laughs> Where yeah. I mean, yeah, hey. because because you know. I mean, whether you read Eckhart Tolle in The Power of Now or um, you read a lot of things on on prayer, there's there's certain there's definitely overlap in that space that it 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 puts you. You know, sure. you, you stop thinking about outcomes, you stop yeah. thinking about controlling things. You're you're really surrendering to something, um, and you're also not requiring students to participate necessarily. No, you're not. Um, and, I mean, you you could do that with the Pledge of Allegiance as well, where it's. I, I thought I would complicate this. <laughs> yeah, it's rather prayer thing. No, it's a, it, you may bring up a really good point. I mean, you're but you're giving the kids the option to participate. Yeah, it's five minutes, and if their exit cards at the end of that lesson that you saw for five minutes them doing mindfulness in the first part of the class, if their exit cards look, if their data looks great, and there's no behavior issues, I don't know that I had, I don't know that I have an issue. Yeah. 
All right. Well, it is that time of year where things start to get busy. Yeah. And in the old days, um, sometimes in the elementary classroom, instruction would be a little slow in getting going. You'd spend a lot of the a lot of the month of September getting to know kids and reviewing stuff that probably uh, half, maybe two thirds of the kids already knew. Um, and 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 the real instructional program began in October. It's a good um, month for that, right? I mean, it's a little late, <laughs> but and it's not like that anymore. Times have changed. Yep. I mean, teachers feel teachers are under much more pressure to cover and to teach material. Um, but you do start to get into that time of the year where you where your stress level as a as a as a teacher yeah. and as a leader goes up. So and during the break, I talked to Mr. Crable about this is this is not coming from me is not necessarily. Well, I guess it would be surprising. Uh, I was talking to a bunch of new teachers just this past week, and every single one of them was clearly at level 11 yeah with how overwhelmed they felt with planning and um they were in a conference for all new teachers and my advice to them as someone who tends to be overwhelmed or get myself overwhelmed is just cut it off you get your finish for what you need to do for the next day right and just be okay that you're not going to be planned for three days in advance for quite some time yeah, we all live paycheck to paycheck yeah. sometimes. It's, and, it, it's, and you, you just you, have to come you, to terms you, with it. You can live lesson to lesson, right? Uh, it's not. It's it's a it's a fine way to learn. It's not ideal. Well, well and, and uh, in some yeah. ways, I mean, yeah, you have a general. You know where it's going, and you know the unit, and maybe you have a unit right. plan. But today went like this, and yesterday went like that, right. and I mean, right. it's based on on how it how each day goes is how the next day is going to go, right. and what you're going to do. And you know, I said to Casey, it's. Uh, that's kind of maybe one of the unique things about education is there's no, you don't just do the five things on your checklist and you're good. Right. You got out ahead of it. Right. Right. It, it's unrelenting. Right. It's and every single day. The lesson can always get better. And, right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, Continuous it, improvement. it's, it's like a way, way overused sports cliche. Oh, use it then. <laughs> which is what do you hear a local baseball manager say all the time? All we care about is the next at bat and the next pitch and the next game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, teaching is really the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we should, you know, long range planning, all that, those are all important things to learn how to do over yeah. time. Um, but you want to be good in the moment. Yeah. Right. And I would be a little concerned if a teacher said that they're planned for the entire year. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that before. Be a little concerned. <laughs> I, I told, I told oh, you okay. about, I told you when I was an elementary teacher about my, my, my third grade friends that, we're doing their spelling bulletin boards for the next year in June. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were. They were just, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the my copies are done for the, the year. No, not copies. Dittos. <laughs> Dittos. <laughs> they were. They were all loaded up and I got the and, blue ink on my hands. and ready to go. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us for teacher tips, mindfulness. Any helpful links for our listeners? I I, I did a quick Google search. You gonna put? You gonna push? Yeah, everything, we, we got a push couple. Anything mindfulness in mindfulness in high school. Okay. Yep, is a good one. And applying um, mindfulness to. Uh, mundane classroom tasks. Okay. There's another one. Some good uh, ideas. Both, both good reads and good There's no ideas. No right or wrong to, answer. Yeah, to get you started at least. And I would actually love anybody, if anybody has any feedback about having done it, mm-hmm. uh, would, would love to hear a little bit of the practicality and the things that they've seen. I've seen it done now quite a bit, okay. but I've never, I've never really let it. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That's cool. 
All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Teacher Tips. If you have any ideas, uh, tweet us at Ed's Not Dead PC. And as always, check out our website, Ed's Not Dead dot com. <laughs> yes. I, I have trouble with the website. For Casey, <laughs> Peter, and myself, we'll see you soon. Thanks. <laughs>